Hi everyone, it's Monday, January 16th, 2017 at 1 o'clock Eastern Time and this is Admissions Live. I'm your host Nicole Lentini and on today's live broadcast we're talking about admission resolutions for the new year. Admissions Live is part of the Higher Ed Live Network. Our episodes offer you direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Be part of our live broadcast by sharing your knowledge. Participate in today's discussion by tweeting at us with the hashtag Higher Ed Live. All of our episodes are free and easy to access in the video archives at higheredlive.com or take Higher Ed Live with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. Today's episode is made possible by Check Enrollment Services. Check Enrollment Services connects colleges and universities with the nearly 80% of the college-bound students who are researching schools online. Check uses an online platform that includes over 10 of the most popular college search sites, helping you to save over 90% on the cost on the cost of traditional inquiry generating methods. Email outreach at chegg.com to schedule a free consultation. By M. Stoner, a marketing and communications firm that works with education institutions on branding, digital, content, design, and more. M. Stoner recently released new research in partnership with Hired Live and Chegg. Myth-busting websites reveals perspectives from teens' websites and higher ed marketing professionals converge and differ and how marketers can leverage this knowledge. This research puts uh, puts to rest seven common myths about what prospective students like and don't like about college websites. The results might surprise you. We'll tweet out a link to the white paper now. Uh, and without further ado, I'm very excited to welcome my two guests to Higher Ed Live. Uh, Dana Bradstreet, who is an assistant director of undergraduate admission at Simmons College, excuse me, and uh, Allison Sherlock, or Ali Sherlock, Senior Associate Director of Admissions at Wheelock College. Um, so Dana, do you want to introduce yourself first and tell us a little bit more about your background in higher ed? Sure. Um, I've been at Simmons about four, four and a half years now. I work primarily with our transfer and our non-traditional adult student populations. I'm also our department's liaison to nursing, which is our largest major. And as I'm sure many of you know, there's all sorts of extra <laughs> things to think about with um, nursing admissions. Um, and I'm really happy to be here today. Awesome. Thank you very much. How about you, Allie? Hi, I'm Allie Sherlock. So I joined Wheelock in last summer. Uh, so I've been at Wheelock for about six months or just over six months. I guess we're kind of hitting that um stride there i have worked in admissions um since 2008 first at assumption college um, and then at mcphs university um, at wheelock i manage our undergraduate staff and work with all of our undergraduate students um, very specifically with international students as well um, but overseeing really kind of the whole process and we're a very very new staff um, working together at wheelock so um today we'll definitely highlight some of that most of us joined this summer um, team working together as well. Awesome. Well, and all the more relevant to talking about resolutions and new changes in a new year with a new team. So uh, that's wonderful. And um, actually to kick us off with the first question, um, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting topic for us to be able to cover today because January is traditionally the time to make resolutions. Um, but it's kind of a weird one in admissions because we're sort of mid-cycle, we're midstream. Um, but I think it's important while we're in the midst of one cycle to be looking forward. Um, so do you have any resolutions or you know thoughts of how you want to change um, your approach to next year's cycle while you're still getting through this current one? Um, and let's start with Allie and then go to Dana. 
Yeah, so again, being uh, new to Wheelock and new staff, um, I've been thinking about this setting of goals, setting of timelines, all of that a lot. Um, I think this is the perfect time for us to be setting some goals. We as a staff had had kind of EA um, getting our decisions out the door as our kind of big goal. Can we make it to that? Can we get through that? Great, we did it. Now we need some new goals and we need to set some new goals. So um, we have a new CRM that we're implementing. So a lot of our goals for this semester will definitely be centered around that. Um, but I think this is a great time to, for us to look at like, what, are, what do we need to improve on? Um, and a lot of my focus has been also on making sure that us as a staff are working well together um, and making sure that us as a team are working well together. And so I'm hoping that we'll be uh, working on that as a, as a group. Um, again, when you're a team and you've only been working together about six months, there's definitely growing pains in that process. And just working on them, building relationships, both with prospective students and families in the best way possible, but also with each other. So making sure that my staff keeps remembering to like build relationships with each other um, and that that's just as important as the work we're doing outside of. So our CRM goals and, and definitely working well together as a team and a staff is, is what we need to do to be ready for next cycle, but also be ready to get to May 1. So that's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot this time of year. Absolutely. Well, and it's a time to do that. It's a, it's a distinct overlap. Our cycles definitely aren't separate. So this is the time to be doing that. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How about you, Dana? Yeah, I mean, we're just coming off of a long, you know, winter break. So I've had some time to relax, recharge, think about what's happening. Um, I think my biggest resolution, at least for reading season, is to work a little bit smarter instead of working harder when I'm reading at home, especially. Um, it used to be that I would be at home, spend the morning kind of preparing for the rest of the day, tying up my loose ends. Um, and it was things I had to do, but it was getting in the way of actually getting through those files at home. Um, so making sure, first of all, that I am preparing the day before I have a read at home day, gathering everything that I need together, make sure I'm completely caught up on responding to my emails, everything else I have to do. Um, and then when I get home at night, making sure that I am setting up my workspace so it's ready to go in the morning, um, turning off those little pop-up notifications that we all get when the emails come through. Um, because if I see those, I feel obligated to respond right away and it just, it's distracting and it takes away my focus from reading. Um, so really kind of batching, okay, this is when I'm gonna do my reading, this is when I'm going to answer those emails that come in um, and making that conscious decision. So that's kind of my first big goal um, for the reading season. Um, and then my second big goal, my resolution for this year is to become more involved in some professional organizations. Um, and I've already had a little bit of involvement. I'm, I've presented at some regional conferences. Um, I've also been on the board of the New England Transfer Association for about a year and a half. Um, but really focusing on becoming even more involved. You know, I've put in some conference proposals for the New England Transfer Association, for the New England ACAC's conference. Um, I have a webinar, another webinar coming up that I'm doing with ACRO. Um, and I think that um, this is something I really struggled with when I first started in admissions, especially, is um, feeling like I couldn't contribute or, you know, what do I have to give? Um, but when you actually sit down and think about it, brainstorm, ask other people who know you well, um, you will find out that you do have a lot to give. Um, so that's my other big resolution um, for this year. And that's kind of how I've started out. 
I love that. And I love, you know, I think for both of the things that you contributed, but for that both of you contributed, I think that's so valuable to be doing that now because that helps benefit you in the personal and the um, in the professional setting, really being able to kind of carefully take a look at your strengths and see what you could do more of and be and putting yourself out there more with everything you're doing with different organizations and conferences. That's wonderful. Um, related to that and kind of taking a direction down that sort of personal direction, do you have some personal resolutions that you feel like maybe carry over to the office a little bit, but are, you know, that are a little bit more uh, focused specifically on yourself versus your team? Um, and I'm going to have you continue, Dana, and we'll go to Allie. Sure. Um, so when we think about New Year's resolutions, everyone thinks about health resolutions, you know, whether it's diet or exercise or weight. Um, but for me, my big weakness is sleep. Um, and I'm kind of aware of this. I used to work in a sleep lab for a couple of years. Um, but knowing about sleep is not the same as treating yourself well when you're sleeping. Um, you know, there's a lot of data out there showing that if you drive drowsy, you're actually more likely to get into an accident than someone who was driving drunk. Um, so when I first started in admissions, I was feeling pretty constantly tired during travel season. Um, but then I really tried to focus on, first of all, my travel planning, making sure that I am scheduling my visits in the morning, my high school fairs at night, so I'm not driving super early in the morning or super late at night. Um, the other big thing for me, which my Fitbit makes a lot easier now, um, is setting a bedtime alarm. Yeah. Um, so when that goes off, I know I have to just get ready for bed, stick to that. Even if I have, you know, a couple more emails in my inbox, no, it's it's not worth your health. Um, so making sure that I'm, you know, taking care of myself in that way. Um, and then the other thing I kind of like to do in travel season is um, explore a little bit more um, and kind of use that downtime. Um, you know, visit a new restaurant. Don't go to the same chains all the time. Um, I've now visited every National Park Service site in my territory. Um, wow. And you know, not a whole lot. I don't have a huge territory, just Jersey <laughs> and half of Connecticut. Um, but, you know, just getting out there and seeing and exploring and taking advantage of that downtime. Um, and then the other resolution that I um, have made before, and I know a lot of people make this, um, is a reading resolution. Um, there's the book a week challenge. Um, I use an app called Goodreads to keep track of it, but there's, there's other apps out there. Um, many of these books are books that I'm just reading for fun. Um, but I do try to include some of these, um, professional books and books that are going to benefit my goals. Um, so first of all, the NACAC Reads book club, um, mm -hmm. is always a good choice there. Um, I also try to read some admissions books, um, books on higher ed, books on women's leadership. Um, there's always those couple books that students write about in their application essays that I haven't read. Um, so I try to read a couple of those per year as well and kind of um, include my own professional development when I'm going for that book a week challenge. I'm, I'm impressed that you can find the time. I, I've tried <laughs> to read. It's, it's a lot easier to read during travel season than it is during actual <laughs> reading season when you don't want to look at any words anymore, but still kudos to you for finding yeah. the time to do that. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, fantastic. All right, how about you, Allie? I'm so impressed by the book week challenge. I definitely <laughs> read a lot, but not a book a week. So um, keep going. Good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
personally, when I was thinking about my like personal resolutions or goals, um, since I'm managing a staff for the first time this year, I found that a lot of my personal goals like were just directly connected to that and making sure that I was doing the best that I could to make sure myself as a good manager was kind of ready um, for that. And books and reading some some great books professional development wise was high on my list. Um, I've started a couple. I definitely, my resolution is to make sure I finish them and not give up on them um, because who better to kind of learn from and, and grow from than people who are, are doing it successfully out in the world. So um, I definitely have that as a personal resolution a little bit more than in, in other areas. Um, I also really, I have a commute to work. So time management is a big one for me. And I feel like that just always ends up on there, but really making sure that to spend my time very wisely and, and really optimizing it. Um, so some of those books do connect with time management as well. Um, so I kind of overlap there. Um, but time management definitely is one. I want to be ready um, to complete all of my tasks in a timely manner, but also be available for my staff when they need me. So kind of along that vein, my last kind of personal professional goal, um, the one that overlapped most is kind of just making time for myself um, and making sure I'm practicing self-care. Um, your staff does need you regularly um, and, and sometimes when it's not necessarily most convenient for you. Um, so just making sure that I'm available to them, that I'm open and ready for whatever's going to come our way in the office, but then also making sure I'm taking time to, for myself to make sure I'm ready to, to kind of give that time. So whether it's just spending 15 minutes listening to my favorite music on the way home or or um, anything on the way home from work, just sitting there and being quiet. Um, believe it or not, that's really easy to do on a train. You can just be quiet and no one will bother you. Um, so whatever it is that day, but making sure I make at least 15 minutes or 20 minutes kind of just to do something that recharges myself, um, whether that's physical activity, yoga, whatever it is, the list is really long, but just making sure that I make that time. Um, and definitely app reminders are helpful for that. Um, so I always kind of set some, some reminders on my phone. So it pops up, not that I just stop checking email on the train and then switch over to something else. That's definitely what I do. I love that. And I like that, you know, there was multiple pieces to that, but they all kind of fell under time management. You know, I, yeah. I, I appreciate there is that that's the theme. I think, you know, I'm as I'm getting into my my younger, you know, my young third, my lower 30s, you know, and I'm trying to really, you know, get it more or more involved in professional organizations like you're mentioning, Dana, and, you know, like um, taking advantage of these other opportunities, but still practicing self-care, uh, managing a team interns, you know, like you find that time really, really gets squeezed. So I appreciate that. Do you have any particular, I know you mentioned apps, but is there anything in particular you felt has, that has helped you the most? Like, I, I know you said reading, but anything else that like jumps out that you recommend to others? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely a couple of books have helped um, in terms of just refocusing myself, but Headspace is a great app too. It's kind of like a mindset um, yeah. app if anybody's familiar with Headspace. Um, and some of this comes from uh, my master's degree is in school counseling. So I did um, quite a bit of work on, on mindfulness, just practicing mindfulness, making sure you're aware of your own beliefs, ideas, feelings, thoughts, um, taking five seconds. Believe it or not, it's statistically proven there's this thing called one breath relaxation, which easy as it sounds, you sit there, you take a breath in, you hold it, and then you let it back out. And believe it or not, your blood pressure lowers, you become more relaxed, and you're ready to kind of move on. So even if it's as simple as a one breath relaxation, you can kind of in the middle of the day, take a moment for yourself and just 
I like that. Good, good uh, recommendations from both of you for just everybody to take in. And um, I do want to, I feel like I didn't note it enough, Dana, but I really, I really um, admire the visits to national parks and other things <laughs> that you've done, um, because I think that that can really come in with the mindfulness. You too, Dana. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm impressed. That's pretty cool. And I think, you know, even if it's a smaller territory, just the act of going out and walking around, like that's something that I'm trying to be better about too, is it can be so easy to just stay in your hotel room and, you know, focus on emails and get, you know, just focus on work, work, work. And then you lose all this, you know, this beautiful, you know, even small windows of time that you can just go and breathe in fresh air and calm down and be that much more effective at the work when you come back to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I hope that's what you're, you're, you're definitely gaining out of it when you go out and take advantage of those moments in your day. Yeah, good. for sure. Um, <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so Dana, I'm going to start with you with this one. Um, what are some resolutions that you've made that are pertinent to your colleagues and your staff specifically? Yeah, um, I think especially for me, when I look when I'm working with these specialized populations, the transfer students, the non-traditional students, the nursing students, um, cross-training is always a big resolution um, of mine. Um, you know, I can't cover every single appointment for my students, especially during travel season. So I have to rely on the non-transfer counselors um, and sometimes our operations team as well um, to handle some of these transfer fairs. Um, and we also have some people in our office trained on how to review transfer applications. Um, it's also so important, you know, when you're doing the cross training, making sure you're communicating well with your colleagues. If I have, a, and say, an update in the transfer process, I'm not just going to email the other transfer counselor or tell the other transfer counselor. I'm going to email the whole staff um, because, you know, if there's a walk-in or, you know, some other situation that the transfer counselors can't be there, um, it's going to make it easier on my colleagues to help the student, um, and it's also going to make it easier on the student so she's not feeling like she has to come back um, to get her questions answered or send all these follow-up emails um, or phone calls. Um, and in return, I also try to support my colleagues in the same way. You know, if I have a question about um, the international population, for example, I'll ask that. Um, I will give ideas to my colleagues for um, training topics that we can go over in our all staff meetings or in our end of the year retreat um, so that I'm feeling comfortable handling their special situations as well and that we're you know being reciprocal in this. Fantastic. I, I know I've been in similar shoes myself. We have a radiography program, super specific. I was the sole kind of knowledge base about that program for a bit of time and realized I wasn't doing any service to myself, my colleagues, or our students. So I think that's so important that you're making a, a significant effort to do that with your team. It's great. Um, how about you, Allie? Um, well, I kind of mentioned uh, the, the whole team being brand new. Mm. So um, obviously team building and working together is definitely front of my mind, but really for us a, a, as a staff to learning exceptional customer service and making sure that in every step of the way, we are really just building positive relationships, really quality relationships uh, with both prospective students and families and um, other people on campus with ourselves um, and learning new ways to build those relationships. It's not an easy task, but it's definitely something that as a group we are working towards um, and management I think would also be helpful um, for them as you guys kind of heard my personal ones 
have a lot of time management connected to them, but um, I definitely kind of see that happening with my staff too. Um, two of my staff members are, this is their first job out of college. So um, teaching them anything in terms of staff, um, the customer service piece is really a huge benefit for us. So those are one really short, but they're actually kind of large when you start to break them down. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, those are huge topics. Yeah, that's no small task. And I think the, the importance of that cannot be stressed enough, especially with a young and new staff. I think, you know, admissions is such a strange job and a strange field to be in, but there's so much space to learn so many skills. And I think that's one of the best, one of the first ones that you can really tackle really well. And yeah, it's not easy to do it quickly, but it's an important one nonetheless to impart on them. So um, that's wonderful. So I, you, you mentioned it's a new team. So is this like kind of the first full cycle with this team? Yes. Yes. So we okay. have one staff member who's been at Wheelock for three years and then everybody else has either been there a year or less than a year. Um, and a mm. couple of those individuals, like they've never even worked in admissions before or higher ed before. So we really need new staff. I mean, myself, obviously, I've been in higher ed a while um, and my supervisor, our assistant vice president has been in higher ed a while, but we both joined this summer at Wheelock. So um, new to Wheelock, new new admissions it's it's been a really interesting couple of months <laughs> looks like they looks like, it sounds though like you got a good team that's working hard to to do the best they can so it's great that you're learning new skills along the way and really focused on um, making the most of this year and kind of continuing forward from there that's great um Absolutely. so kind of thinking classic admissions we like the the laughter right along with everything else so it's super important you can't forget about the laughter for sure <laughs> Um, so kind of looking beyond our admissions team and really all of us as an institution, you know, I think now is a good time to be, you know, refreshing, looking at how we do things and doing them better. Um, and part of that is also going to be working with colleagues across campus, um, not just at our own events when we need our colleagues to be there and to support us, um, as we were even talking about before we started the broadcast, um, but in partner, partnering in initiatives across campus as well. So, um, you know, is that something that both of you hope to do this year? You know, what what is your relationship with your colleagues across campus kind of look like? And, you know, are there any changes you're hoping to enact this year? Um, and we'll start with Allie first and then go to Dana. Sure. And I think right along with that being a new staff, we have no relationships with people across campus. So we have to kind of start with building them. Um, and we do this in a couple of ways. So it's actually definitely important to me that that we are building them, you know, not just when I send a request to help me at Accept Students Day or an open house, um, but that I'm building them daily, weekly. Um, just we eat lunch in the dining hall pretty regularly. And so just by being visible, we connect with a lot of our colleagues from across campus that we wouldn't normally see um, because we're kind of either traveling or on the road. So when we're on campus, um, any member of my staff is really kind of just trying to whether it's go by the cafe to grab a coffee or go through the dining hall and, and just be visible so someone could approach you and say, hi, how's it going? Um, or you can approach them and say, what are you working on today? Even just those really simple ways of connecting with a staff member in a different department by asking them. Then A, I know, so when a prospective student asks me if there's anything new going on in residential life, I can answer them. 
from a, a standpoint of I know what else they're working on. So I know when I send my request for Accept a Student's Day, they've already bought into what I'm trying to do, and I've bought into what they're trying to do, and we're really working together as a team across campus. So it's definitely important to know. Um, and I also have tried to, we, volu we try and volunteer at, they would be like, why is admissions helping out at this thing that in the evening and um, you know we made sure that we were pretty involved in orientation in the fall and helping students move in on campus again certain times of year there when we need help um, at a different time of year the campus is much more likely to help us out um, no matter what department they're in um, even institutional advancement or what even if it's the least likely department that you think will help you out at a certain event you should still try and build a relationship with them. So that's definitely a big focus for us. But it starts with even something simple like eating in the dining hall. It's very easy to do. I couldn't agree more. I think that's great advice. Awesome. How about you, Dana? Yeah, I mean, I think my experience at Simmons is pretty similar. We are also a very small school and, um, you know, it's less than a five minute walk to many of the other offices around campus. Um, I think, we haven't had as much turnover this summer um, as we have, you know, in past years, but there's always other offices with turnover. So, you know, even if I knew somebody really well, it doesn't mean I'm going to know and have that same relationship with the person who's coming on. Um, so making an effort to get to know the new people um, across the staff at Simmons. Um, I also, you know, we've done some things in the past, like having all of our staff get lunch with all of the athletic coaching staff. Um, we've had, we have this thing called midnight breakfast where it's finals time and um, a bunch of faculty and staff serve breakfast to the students. So we've had some students show up to that. I'm sorry, some of our staff um, show up to that even though it's late at night. Um, you know, it, kind of back to what Ali said, just helping them out when they need it so that they know us and they can, um, you know, know that, you know, who they're helping um, is someone they can build a good relationship with. Um, I also think in my role is working with transfers. Um, it's really important to know certain other offices that are heavily invested in the transfer process, particularly the registrar's office um, and academic advising. So I always make an extra effort to even if I'm just walking by their office, duck my head in and say, hey, like, how's it going? How was your weekend? That kind of thing. Um, so you're getting to know these people who you're working with closely. I love that. I think both of you, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely easier on a smaller campus to just like take that time to reach out, to have lunch with somebody. But I think it's still applicable on a large campus too. It's just going to look a little different. But yeah, you don't want to be going to these people without ever having supported them and reached out to them and been a good colleague to them outside of your need for them for admissions events. So good call, good call to make those relationships earlier rather than later um, and get to know who they are and how you can support each other. Um, I actually, I wanted to share something that we're doing this year. We have senior interns in our admissions office and one of our interns is um, sort of an internal communications sort of focus. And she's gonna be reaching out to different offices um, across campus and seeing how we as admissions can help support them better and develop a better relationship with them. So I think it's also good, great to see what resources you have in front of you through students and through colleagues and see how other ways you can kind of develop those relationships or um, great ways to pursue that too. So we'll see how that goes though. This is the first year that we're doing that. Hopefully it'll be as successful as I'm envisioning it will be, we'll see. Um, so we kind of talked about 
personal, professional, you know, staff-wise and campus-wise. Um, but I also was hoping with this topic, we could at least spend some time on, you know, higher ed has changed a lot the last few years, um, the last few decades, but especially the last few years, there's been a lot of new things happening, a lot of changes. Um, it's become even more stressful for our students. And so just kind of big picture, I hoped we could focus on, you know, what are some resolutions you think we should make as, as admissions as a larger entity, you know, especially when it comes to the populations we serve, um, whether that be specialized populations or populations as a whole. Um, and what do you think we could do to help make it less stressful for our students? Um, Dana, if you don't mind kicking us off first. Sure. Um, especially with the transfers and the non-traditional students I'm working with, um, I know that there's a lot more that our profession can do for them. It's oftentimes even more stressful to apply as a transfer student than to apply right out of high school. Um, transfer credit policies are not necessarily transparent or uniform from institution to institution. Um, sometimes these students are getting the short end of the stick with scholarships and financial aid. Um, and there's also, you know, to even make it worse, <laughs> there's not a lot of research out there um, about them in the way that there is so much research about our traditional students out of high school. So it's harder for us to gather the evidence-based information that we need to help us serve these populations. So I think um, as a profession, there's a lot more that we could be doing. And I think there's um, you know, some areas that we're doing really well in, um, some school, some areas where we're not doing as well. Um, and I think it depends on the school as well. So um, that's kind of my first, my first big picture goal. Um, and I also think the other one, you know, especially this week, I think regardless of what our own personal political views are, um, I think the profession needs to do a better job of understanding the overall political climate and how it's affecting our students. Um, there's major legislative issues, um, you know, that are affecting our students. There's bathroom bills. There's um, proposals for um, free tuition um, that we're seeing out of certain states in these past couple of weeks. Um, so we need to understand these bigger issues, but there's also, you know, these issues that are facing individual students. Um, you know, we're hearing about sexual assault. We're hearing about racism. We're hearing about transphobia on college campuses. Um, our job is, it's so important to build personal relationships with these students. Um, so you have to understand the big picture, but also, um, you know, how this is playing out day to day and what we can do to support the students that we're working with. Wow, that, that's an excellent point. And I, I think, you know, everything you said about transfers and about these different populations is super important. But I think just to drill home, I mean, there's a lot going on. There is, it's, I mean, between um, everything in the political sphere right now and just changes in the way society is, you know, connecting with others and the relationships we have with others and just being aware of the impact that can have on our students is really super important. And adding to the stress that is already happening in the admissions world and having this added on top of it is huge. So thank you. That's a really, yeah, excellent point. Um, Allie, what do you have to add to kind of this big picture thought? Um, so this big picture question that you guys yeah. threw out, I love it. Um, and it definitely made me think. Um, and it, from coming from my kind of counseling standpoint and kind of my, my background as a school counseling uh, master's, just really listening to people, making sure that as soon as someone is talking to me on the phone um, or I'm reading their email, um, I kind of remind my staff, like, make sure you really listen to them. Like, 
make sure you understood the question they were asking. Ask another question if you need more clarification and, and then make sure that you're taking up to kind of help them and their assistance with whatever that is. And I think that kind of connects back to what Dana was saying about, you know, we're going to be welcoming all types of students to our campuses. And so making sure that we're listening to them up front, what are their needs, what are their thoughts, what are their ideas, and kind of being able to address it right at the beginning. Um, we'll have much more successful relationships with them if we're just them right away and not making any assumptions. Um, the other thing that I kind of think about, and this goes along the lines with it, is kind of rushing through communications, um, sending communications before we really have all of the information or all of the good information, um, mm. or you know, just hour, but we get it out and we do it right. I think that's actually worth the hour to take. Um, and sending communications to students with incorrect information just creates much more frustration, whether it's from that transfer standpoint or an international student. Um, you know, it is already difficult of a process enough. Why are we just making it more difficult by um, not necessarily double checking ourselves before we send things? So we get so much pressure to send things in a timely manner and to kind of focus um, and be quick about things. But quality of those communications, I think, is um, something that we might do and just to kind of check ourselves and make sure we don't do that. Um, and then the last thing, again, kind of coming from my counseling perspective, I think we could do a lot more as a profession, making sure we're partnering in good ways and in, in, in applicable ways with school counselors. So they have a huge list of tasks on their plate. A lot of them are social emotional issues, but they have college and career counseling as well on their plate of a part of their job description. It's something they do and advising and helping a student through a process is something we can do too. So finding really genuine ways and good ways to partner with them to help kind of take that burden a little bit off so they can work on some more of those social emotional issues and not feel like they're letting students down. It is a little self-serving in that then students are getting better college and career advice and then we're not getting these kind of crazy questions when you're like, what? You, you want to be a you're not even studying biology. Um, these kinds of questions um, stressed out. Well, who gave you that advice? Okay, well, could we take a step back and could we maybe partner better so that they're getting really good advice, they're getting it from the right source, um, and then we just genuinely have a much better relationship with them, kind of both sides of the desk. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying I have all the time in the world to dedicate going into a school and helping them with advising or counseling or anything like that, but I do have some time and I have some time that I could help uh, with that. So finding a really genuine way to do that and use our knowledge. Um, with them. So those are kind of items, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, this big picture topic, like we could go on and on because there's so much I think that's changing. But I think you both have hit sort of the highest points that have come to my mind, too. And I, I appreciate you, you know, mentioning the point about school counselors, because it's a topic that comes up over and over and over again. Um, on this channel, you know, actually, one of my very first uh, shows I ever did for admissions live was, you know, developing the uh, strong relationship with school counselors. And I do agree, it's our partner, our our careers and our jobs are so deeply related and intertwined and dependent on each other. And I think the more we can do to support each other, the better off we'll be on both sides. And um, being, co being cognizant of the kind of way that they need to use their time and um, have, to, have to spend their time with their students. Um, and I feel like this I can even carry this over to just my general experiences on the road. I've never really thought about it in that capacity, but really being aware of, you know, 
when we're going to college fairs and when we're doing these visits and being really grateful and thankful for that time that they're spending with us um, and understanding what that might be like in our own experience. I think it's so easy to just whiz through fall travel and be going visit to visit to visit and be exhausted ourselves, but forget that like they're doing the same thing. They're, you know, showing up and being there and saying hello to all of us. And it's so easy to forget that sometimes. And so, um, so I appreciate that point being brought up, but I think both of you make such really important points that I hope everybody who views this, you know, starts to try to incorporate more um, into their own work experiences and into their professional life. Um, I feel like, you know, kind of overall, this this broadcast is definitely focused on kind of relationships and time management and. Um, Mindfulness has been really big topics. Uh, is there anything else that you that either of you feel like you know you also want to kind of share with our viewers as like resolutions to be thinking about, or you know other things that you just want to kind of advise as you go through the year? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I think you both wanted to talk, but to know who's going to talk first. Yeah. <laughs> David, go ahead. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I think it's just important to know, even if you are somebody who is fairly young or fairly new in this field, that there's always something that you can contribute. Um, and I think it's important to speak your voice, get yourself out there, get yourself known. Um, and, you know, you'll you'll build those skills, you know, you'll, you'll get there. Um, and again, it's just, it's so important to take care of yourself. Um, I know a lot of us feel like, oh, like we've got the energy, we can go, um, we got this. Um, but you don't want to wind up, wind up being burnt out at the end of the day. So, um, I think that's also super important. You know, those points about, about self-care, um, and managing your time and making sure that you still have time for the fun things in your life. That's good advice. I love it. Anything else to add, Allie? Oh, to be up. Oh, you are still there. I thought you froze for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I would remind people that, you know, you always have something to learn from someone else too. So um solution is or, or what your goal is, um, being open to learning new things. I, I remind my staff regularly, like, even though they're new and they're new to admissions, I'm learning from them. Um, and I'm learning from any of the experiences that they've had. Um, and I want them to think differently because we don't have all the answers in admissions. Just because I've done it one way for a really long time, I'm, I'm still open to kind of changing and thinking about it in a different way. So um, if this is their first year that they're getting through, um, also just reminding them that, yeah, May 1 does come and go and it's going to be just fine on, on May 2nd too. So um, no matter what happens, you, you can make it through and you can make it to the next cycle. So that's even though we have all these resolutions and goals and things we want to achieve, and the days are going to go by one by one and, and we'll, we'll get to the end of it in a good way. Definitely. I like the optimism there. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, it's so true though. And I, I appreciate that you both, you know, have focused on both veterans of the field and, and people who are new to the field as well, you know, because we all have something to learn and we all have ways that we can change and grow and, um, you know, really focusing on how those relationships can help to support that is huge. Um, same with, we didn't talk as much about networking. We talked a little bit about networking, but networking beyond our offices as well. And um, realizing that, you know, there's some really great opportunity for mentorship in this industry, which I think is, um, really inspiring to me to see how many people are willing to mentor each other. So just, you know, that being thoughtful about how you can take advantage of those relationships as well. Um, awesome. Well, unless any, either of you have anything more to add, I think we'll wind down our episode. I didn't see uh, anybody ask any questions on Twitter yet, but um, if anybody wants to send in questions, like I said, you can do it to hashtag higher ed live. Um, if, you know, we can always answer them after the fact. I will do my best to relay questions back to um, to Ali and to Dana if you do have any questions after the episode. But um, otherwise, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, and uh, as always, you can find archives of this episode and past episodes on higheredlive.com and on iTunes. Uh, thanks as always to our program sponsors, Chegg and M. Stoner. Um, and the next episode or the next broadcast of uh, Admissions Live will be February 6th with Adam Castro, and he's going to be talking about hospitality and admissions, so make sure to check that out. Um, I will be back on February 20th. Uh, thank you once again, and have a great day, everybody. <laughs>